0: Welcome to the Andy Mazur Podcast. I'm Andy and thank you for being here. Remember, hit that subscribe button if you like what you're hearing. Wherever you may be listening across the many different podcasting platforms like Spotify, Google, Anchor, and Apple Podcasts. I've also created a YouTube page to so just search Andy Mazur Podcast for video trailers of each week's podcast. And I certainly appreciate you checking us out. podcast is sponsored locally by Roots Pizza with four convenient Chicago area locations. There's sure to be a Roots Pizza near you. Stop in for Quad City-style pizza with a sweet malted crust And don't forget to order the mozzarella sticks. They are unforgettable and life-changing. For more information, head to RootsPizza.com. Today, we'll meet the owner of Obvious Shirts, Joe Johnson, whose creative t-shirt company went from a shirt made for just him to one of the most popular brands in the city. From the Cubs to the Bears, he's got all the teams covered, and Joe is also very invested in making his company charitable. So here we go. It's the Andy Mazur Podcast with Joe Johnson. The Andy Mazur Podcast.
1: It was super important to me that our shirts were very comfortable, very light, airy, easy to wear, easy to wash. I wanted people to really pretty much be their favorite shirt when they put it on. That was important to me is the comfort and the quality.
0: Obvious Shirts was conceived and born at the right time.
1: I don't know if this would work if it happened in any other time period. I really don't, I I consider myself very lucky.
0: The Andy Mazur Podcast. Now here's Andy. Well, we welcome in Joe Johnson of Obvious Shirts. Uh, we uh, we thank you for taking some time. I know this is a game day as we tape here, and uh, things get a little nuts for you over there, don't they?
1: Yeah, yeah, every day is different. Game days especially when the Cubs are in town. It becomes chaos here right around, I don't know, for a night game, 3 o'clock, and then for a 120, fans are out here before I come into work in the morning.
0: Yeah, it's become, uh, it's become a thing. Talk to me about your background. How did you... Uh even come to this? And what did you do before this?
1: Yeah. So this was never, t-shirts was never like in the agenda. It was never, I have always had an entrepreneurial focus. Um, I studied economics and rhetoric in college with an area concentration in entrepreneurship. So I always had that, I guess, drive, um, to create my own thing. I did not think it was going to come in the t-shirt business, um, uh, but here we are. But before I started this or, you know, made a leap of faith, I'll call it. Um, I was selling uh, software for a company called career builder in downtown Chicago. And I sold into large hospitals. Um, my territory was pretty much, well, I covered from LA to Baltimore, um, Texas, Minnesota. So I, I mean, I had a certain, uh, I guess, hospital healthcare system with X number of employees. Um, and that's who I, I help them staff, onboard, stay compliant. So I sold a, a whole suite of uh, software packages to keep healthcare systems up and running in terms of their staffing and
0: recruiting. And then one fateful day, you decide that you're going to wear a shirt. And I have a picture of it for those that are going to be watching it on the website here. Uh, of you with uh, a t-shirt that says simply jake arietta is good at baseball i i know that's how it started why don't you take it from there
1: yeah um i do love that photo because that's the basement of my house where until less than a year ago that's where the whole company was ran out of and uh, my girlfriend is very pleased that we've moved out of the house because it was <laughs> taking over our every floor of the house um but when i was at career builder like my sales team and group of friends that I made at the company, we our common denominator that we usually talked about was the, was the Cubs. And this was, you know, 2014 and 2015. Um, I think 2015 was kind of a surprise how good they were, how quick they were. So 2015 downtown Chicago, that consumed all of our uh, you know, like going to the water uh, dispenser, the water machine, or, you know, the small chat, at work was about Cubs and what they were doing and how exciting we were and uh, I'm a season ticket holder so I and I live you know I live in right field pretty much it's right next to the stadium so I go to a lot of games Um, and I went I came back from a game and went into the office and we always start kind of our morning with the Cubs and we kind of end our day talking about the Cubs and I just said it was after one of Jake's 2015 second half starts where I don't know you've probably gave up like two hits or something, struck out 10. But I was just like, I walked to the office. I walked in. I remember this day vividly because I walked in like 15 minutes late. Everybody's at their computer, like looking at me and I just walked by all them. I said, Jake, your is good at baseball. And I sat down and I sat down and they like giggled and I'm like, I should just make that a shirt. And literally the guy sitting right next to me is like, Hey, I did concert promo t-shirts in college. I know a printer. I can get you one in like two weeks. I'm like done size large. Um he's like you're gonna need some artworks. And I'm like, okay. That's when I started thinking. I took a architectural class in college and I remember Helvetica font is the easiest font to read. Uh, so I'm like, all caps left justified, period at the end. Jake area is good at baseball. And I literally created Microsoft Word and I emailed it to my buddy Joe, who then emailed it to his printer. Two weeks later, the shirt comes. I wear it to Jake's next start. Um I it was against the Brewers. He struck out 11, went nine innings, gave up two or three hits, Um, and I left for a beer in the third inning and got bombarded by people in line passing me on the concourse. Uh, I got stopped by probably 25 people, and I exchanged my contact information with them because they wanted me to make them a shirt, and I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but yeah, give me your info, and I'll find a way to to make you a shirt. So I got everybody's cell phone number or business card. And I reached back out to everybody like three days later and put their orders in, uh, the rest, I guess is history.
0: Yeah. I no, you said two weeks at that point. I mean, obviously you, you've, you've streamlined things a little bit here now that you've uh, kind of gone in bulk, I guess, uh, is a better term for it. How long does it take you to, to go from design to actual shirt now?
1: So it's gotten exponentially quicker. Uh, Well, that depends on a lot of factors, supply chain. Um, And just, that's a great question. I'm glad that you asked that question because I think a lot of people don't know the complexities of what it takes to get a shirt made. Um, It's a lot of work. And until we have our own capital, our own printers, which that is the goal to work towards is to have everything in-house. We outsource everything. And we have a select number of printers that we use that know our standards because I'm very... I'm, I'm very, I don't know, not OCD, but I'm very strict on quality, quality control. Um, but you have to create an artwork in an art, create an art file, and then you have to get it approved. They make sure we sign off on it. And then it goes in, you have to shoot a screen, a silk screen, and you put emulsion and then you shoot the negative kind of like photography. Um, then you have to let that dry or you can cook the emulsion and be stiffer and harder. And then, and then the longest part is getting that screen set up on the printer and dialing in every screw and every adjustment so it lines up with the platen that you print on, and that the shirt has to be equally, you know, put on the platen and it's got to be perfect. And you have to do that for every single shirt before you let the automatic machine run. So when I first put in the order, I lied. I said it took two weeks. I think I got my first shirt ever that I designed for me. It probably took a month because I remember I wore it to Jake's last start of the regular season before the infamous pittsburgh wild card game and the one of the greatest tweets of all time to the banter but again i'm very long-winded now we got the system kind of down in about three to five days turnaround but that's dependent on having the blanks and where we do custom label um we have kind of our own custom colors and cuts uh, and so a lot of it's just how quickly we can get the blanks ready to be screen printed um so that you know a week is probably a very acceptable answer, but it used to, in the beginning, it took a long, long time.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, you know, and, and the process, I mean, you know, listen, it, th- your name's kind of on it. So I, I don't blame you for being as, as quality control heavy as you are, because who wants to, you know, put out a, bu- a bunch of dreck. If you, if you put it out quickly and, and it's awful.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I'm glad you, you get that. Cause my thing is quality. Um, And then once we get all the shirts in, we quality inspect each and every one. Now we're not perfect. Some do get out that we couldn't see, but we're, it does a few things. If you, if you quality check the shirt up front and it meets, you know, my approval when it leaves the door, chances are it's not going to be returned. It's not going to be ill fitting, or it's not going to be, you know, off centered or crooked because it's very easy to make mistakes in screen printing. It's a very old process. The Egyptians did it 3000 years ago. So there's not a there's not a better way um dtg which is like almost like your home office printer where you pretty much put a shirt under a literally it looks like a home office printer times 20 and you put the shirt into the printer then it shoots it back out that's a kind of a new thing but those only those only last about 10 to 15 washes where silk screen and the inks that i choose are kind of like the mercedes-benz of the ink systems Uh, they're the highest quality best color hold their color don't crack It'll, it'll, last you 40 to 50 washes um, plus. So I take a lot of pride in the quality and I know people think $30 is sometimes ridiculous for just a shirt with words on it, but there's so many costs and factors that it, it's not as cheap as it, definitely not as cheap as it used to be five, 10 years ago, but now extra details, extra eyeballs, extra hands touching every shirt to make sure it's flawless, you know, that's a business cost. And that's a business cost I will pay day in and day out because quality, I put quality above everything.
0: Okay. So you get ideas and you want to put them on a shirt. Now, yeah, I'm wondering too, because you've got a lot of uh, things, like the one I'm wearing right now is the Wrigley field clock. And I'm sure that that's something that, you know, the Cubs have to sign off on and, uh, and licensing and all that kind of stuff. There's a bunch of hoops to jump through, right?
1: There are so many hoops, hoops to jump through. That was the biggest, I guess, eye-opening part of this industry that I had no idea is the speed or lack of speed. It's a very slow approval process. The Cubs have been great. I have to give a huge shout out to like, you know, Colin Faulkner, Brad Johnson, even their, even the senior buyer, Lenny Little at the Cubs, they have been awesome to work with and they're super understanding. They are pretty involved in the process, especially when we do exclusives for them. Like we did the Ian Hap Wilson Petraris, uh is an all-star shirts but like the shirt you're wearing, that, that idea has been a long time coming, but I did not find the green, like this might let you into kind of like how weird I am. I could not find the green blank that I liked enough to match the Wrigley iconic, I think it's a Benjamin Moore style green, because I see the commercials, but that green, the famous green that Wrigley's painted in, right? The scoreboard and, and all that. I could not find a green shirt that I liked that matched it. And so I waited for the shirt to get it, to get created. And Lo and behold, this past year, my supplier came out with a new colorway, and as soon as I saw that green, I was like, "Now's the time!" And it's been one of, it's been our best seller since uh, opening day.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I was telling you before we started tell you, my fiance wanted to buy the sweatshirt before before my birthday in May. It was it was sold out everywhere she could find it, and and that's a tribute. I mean, it's it's I love the name because it just does seem so obvious that these should be T-shirts
1: hmm Yeah. And that was I re- again, I'm probably boring everybody that's gonna be hearing this with my stories, but it's just kind of cool how organic it was. Um, I I got when the when the iPad Pro first came out, I bought it for my downtown job because it's so easy to with the pen and taking my notes, or if I'm going into an appointment, it was so easy to have those notes and then convert them to type, or can or I can just email them right to my, my manager. But I remember when I got that, I thought it was the coolest thing. So I, I was at home one night and this was a few weeks after the Jake shirt really popped off. Cause after I made the Jake shirt for like friends and family and the people at the game, I said, you know what, I'm going to like, I'm going to buy a hundred and put them on Facebook and they all sold in like 45 minutes. And then I was like, I'm going to do 400. And those all sold in a couple of days. days. So I'm like, I have something here. And I was just messing with the iPad and, I'm, and it's just, I'm going to call it the obvious, the obvious shirts company. Um, and then I simp- over you know a few hours of thinking, I just simplified it to like obvious shirts. And then, what could be more obvious than our logo being called a logo? And so it just really, I don't know. I'm very proud of the logo. It's my favorite part of the company, just because it, when you see it, you get it. And then when you go to the website, like the the hope of all of this was it wouldn't take it, it wouldn't take much storytelling to understand the brand. The brand would be very literal, extremely basic. It's supposed to be basic on purpose. That's part of the joke. So you know, I love when people give me crap for being so basic and whatever, not creative. I think I'm creative, but uh, that's part of it. That's like it, it doesn't bother me when people think my my stuff is basic because that was the point. And so it's not for everybody, and that's fine. If you don't like it, that is totally cool. You're you're uh, you're justified with your own opinion. But for the people that do like it. I'm gonna keep, you know, riding that train.
0: Yeah, and why not? I mean, it's 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 working. Uh, the train is moving down the tracks, and it's uh you know it's it's gaining some momentum and gaining some speed. I, I'm kind of curious too. You, you know, you, you start to come up with these things. Uh, what what poses what passes, I guess, in your brain for? Okay, this is a T-shirt. This is not a T-shirt. I'm sure there's a thousand thoughts that go through your head every day. And you think, okay, well, this eh, this might work, or nah, that's stupid. That's not gonna work.
1: Yeah, man, you are, you, you ask great questions. You must have had like, you must have like a career in like sports media and journalism <laughs> and marketing or something like that. Um, so the, I'm my own litmus test. It sounds corny, but if it's something that I would wear, I'll make it. I I think I have a really good pulse on what Cub fans and what sports fans maybe want or desire. Um, I'm very lucky because people seem to like what I like and have the same You know, not the exact same interest, but overall, we kind of overlap on interest. So, a lot of the inspiration comes just from watching the games. I watch every single Cubs game. If I'm not at it, I have it on uh, any one through nine. Like, I listen and I just think of things make a shirt. And, And taking that a step further, okay, I have a good phrase or saying. Now, how does it look on a shirt? Because you can some words are long and how it overhangs or underhangs a margin or whatever. Like sometimes a good phrase is just not going to look good. So I'll tweak it or I just won't go with it because it doesn't look again. It's words on shirts, but you can make words on shirts kind of read and and how you read it should be kind of emphasis on how it, how the message comes across. And so I take that into consideration. Um, So there's a lot of factors that go into it, but the plan is, to open up ideas in the creation in the community to all the people of the community. I said that completely wrong. The idea is to get other people's involvement, because right now I would say 95% of every shirt has been um, my idea, and I want to open that up to more people, more fans, and get them involved to strengthen the community of what we're building. And quite frankly, like I don't have the only good ideas. A lot of people are very talented and creative out there, and I want their buy-in. And I want to make sure if I use their idea that they are uh, happy with how either A, they're compensated or giving them proper credit. Uh, that's big with me is making keeping things original to my creative. And if it's not original, because it's very easy to create a shirt that probably has already been created in the last 20 years across... The- the entire country of America, it's, it's, it's likely that um, there's duplicates or shirts that might be close enough. I just want to make sure that I do it my way, keep it keep it honest, and get people's
0: buy-in. So, among that five percent, I mean, how many how many pitches do you actually get? I mean, I saw a couple of them that you were going up with on Twitter, and there was somebody was leaving you some messages and some some ideas for shirts. I mean, how many of those have you gone with, and how many do you usually get a day or a week?
1: Yeah. So it's tough to say, um, I've probably done about 400 different designs. And so you take 5%, so about maybe 20 were you know, outside involvement, a lot of that's on Twitter. I made the mistake of setting up like an ideas at obvious like a year and a half ago. And that got so flooded so quickly. I did not have the time to go through and give everybody their, the individual, their individual idea and attention. Um, so that I had to shut that down um, and people still reach out via email or in DMS. And I'm very bad at DMS because when somebody, I want to make sure every customer idea is heard, but if they're, they're sending it on Twitter, they're going to hop into Instagram and send the same message. They're, they're going to make sure that they're messaging me on all platforms to get their idea out there rightfully so, but I'm having a hard time right now is managing my time to get, those ideas uncovered and work through them and maybe select the ones I, I really like. Um, I've had, I mean, I could probably just, I could probably write a very uninterested boring book about all the (laughs) ideas I've gotten that were not good. And some of them are good. I'm not saying everyone's bad, but it's tough. It's just, it, for me, it's more in the moment, um, or less is more. So some people try to get really wordplay heavy and I love wordplay. Uh, but they don't, they don't translate to a shirt, even though it's a great idea.
0: Maybe you should have like a, a blooper shirt or something like that with all the, the ones that didn't make it.
1: Yeah. You know what I was, <laughs> this sounds ridiculous. I was, I was trying to create or design like, a you know, Reddit yeah. and Reddit's great because yeah. Reddit you can upvote and it was super expensive and I'm still like itching to at least attempt it. But I, what I wanted to create was a app where it's Reddit Type algorithm or type you know coding where people can submit their obvious shirt idea like in a given market or for a given team, and based on the buy-in from the community or the other viewers, you can upvote an idea, and then I set like a threshold at you know a hundred upvotes an idea you know will make it or at least have those really good ideas that other people think are really good ideas rise right to the top. Um, but that's super expensive to build. I've I've come to learn.
0: So I, I know that you watch pretty much every Cub game, as you pointed out. Because last night I was watching, uh, and uh, the ball boy Fabian has taken on a, a whole new cult type of following. I was on the WGN TV morning news today. I actually uh, talked about your your hashtag vote Fabian today on the morning news. <laughs> so I thought mm-hmm. it was I thought I was hilarious. But you know, it, it's it's that kind of uh, organic situation that you can tweet right away. All of a sudden, I'm I'm looking on the screen and I see. Fabian is an all-star. Fabian's a Hall of famer and that that's how quickly your mind works.
1: That is a great the Fabian and shout out Fabian. Um, he's actually coming by he's actually coming by at two o'clock um, to to meet the team and you know we want to do a little take some photos and show them around or whatever. but that the Fabian like phenomenon, that is a perfect example of I guess an ideal situation for what we're trying to achieve is capturing the moment, working fast. Cause we like to move fast because moments are fleeting and we want to capture it. And we want to make sure that like fans are buying into the moment or fans care about the moment, that there is something tangible that they can like cherish that moment with and t-shirts are a perfect vehicle for that. So yeah, the Fabian game, that, that was probably my favorite game of the year. Maybe the 21 zero game. That was a lot of fun, but at some point, if you score, you know, 12, 13 <laughs> runs, it's like, yeah. okay. But last night's Fabian game, and it's called the Fabian game. It should be referred to forever as the Fabian game, even though Willie and Morel balled out. That was so much fun as a fan, and that is the type of stuff that baseball needs more of. You know, it's it's not Cubs shirts are great, Cubs logo attire is great, um, City Connect is awesome, but it's like those little moments of like just I don't know how how even to describe it. Those those fan engaging personnel. That's not necessarily a player. It's like, those are the moments that I love to, to kind of, I don't know, capture.
0: Yeah. It's 15 minutes of fame and you know, you get it on a t-shirt.
1: Yeah. And yeah, then you can remember it and then you can keep it. And then, you know, next year at this time you get reminded of it, or somebody walking down the, down the, down Clark street is wearing a Fabian as an all-star and you laugh and you like, and you know, right away And a huge aspect of the company that I that I want to maintain is the if you know, you know, right? So like the greatest game. That's not that's not for everybody. That was that, that shirt was designed and created for Cub fans. Like for Cub fans that can communicate without even having to communicate. When you see that, if you're on the red line heading downtown and you see somebody across the the you know, the train stop wearing that, you like that's a cub fan and you know it. So like I love the if you know, you know. Um, that's kind of like the niche that I would prefer to stay in, but when you grow and scale a company, you get pulled in every direction and you want to follow demand, but you can get lost in the weeds really easy. And I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like lost in the weeds. Like as we stand today, June 30th, I'm, I'm trying to get back on track to, to get more focus on baseball heavy, MLB player heavy, or do we branch out and start prepping for, you know, the football season and college football and, and the NBA, that's going
0: to be in the winter. So on the baseball subject too, you know, we mentioned Fabian. Fabian's an old, his own little entity, but you know, you you've gotten in, into a connection with several of the players, and you know, with uh, mm-hmm. with their help, I'm sure. Uh, you know, the one that comes to mind for me right away is Andrew Chavin from last year with the failed starter. I mean, you see that, mm-hmm. and it's just like, yeah, this is what everybody thinks now because he, he, he you know, everybody used to be a starter in their in their. Uh, in their college days and their high school days, you get to the big leagues and oh, yeah, he's in the bullpen. So what is he a failed starter? And that's the kind of guy with a personality that you can take advantage of. And I think that a lot of these guys actually seem to get it now. Is that, is that a fair assessment?
1: hundred um, percent. That's been the best. That's been the most rewarding part of doing this. Cause I, I played baseball very competitively played all four years in college, Um uh, Thought I could play after college, obviously didn't. But as a baseball enthusiast in every sense of the word, I studied the game. I like nerd out about the game. I watched the game. It was, and the the ironic thing is, I don't talk. I've I've developed very good relationships with the players, but we don't talk baseball. We talk like business, and we talk like what they care about outside of baseball and like Chafin he got it right away. And Ian, Hap, Ian Hap's another guy. Ian Hap reached out pretty early on, like, right. He reached out just before the pandemic hit. And he's like, I love what you're building. I want to be a part of it. How can I help? And like for Ian Hap to be like, I love what you're doing. I get it. How can I help? Was so cool to see, because I look at, I when I think about Ian Hap, I like get jealous because he's playing he's playing baseball professionally and I'm not like that. I don't, I don't like look at them as like, Oh, a potential all-star center fielder. That's, you know, has a one one thirty OPS and is one of the best players in the National League right now. I don't I don't look at them like that. I look at them as like people who have good ideas and have a platform and want to tell their story or they want to like vibe with what I'm building. And that has been the best part by far. Andrew Chafin is a great example of that. And that failed starter was his idea. That was not mine. He asked for it, and then it, it took off. And he has been super supportive of wearing it. He was just in an interview yesterday in Detroit wearing it post game, or maybe pre game. But the player buy-in—the fact that they think it's cool too—has um, been the coolest part of, of all of this. And I consider myself extremely lucky and, you know, privileged that I can do this for a living.
0: And you know, once one player wears it, everybody wants to wear it because that guy's wearing it.
1: You nailed it. So the whole—I've done such a bad job of like engineering the thought process when I was constructing this business. But the sole goal of putting words on shirts is to get reactions out of people. And by putting words on a shirts it almost forces your oncoming oncoming walkers or where you're in traffic or wherever you're at—they're kind of forced to read it because it's right on your chest. And so I wanted to make sure. With people being, like, moving billboards, it sounds bad, but it's it's what it is under a micro version of our day-to-day lives. Like, you are a moving billboard. And if you're going to display a message on your chest, hopefully it's one you believe in, that message is hopefully going to generate reaction. And I think the reason why the players have caught on, and I think why fans like this shirt so much is because they – they feel good when they wear it they get compliments hopefully maybe good or bad i get a lot of bad compliments or bad comments too but you know what it's interaction and then it leads to if it's a if it's a good interaction or somebody thinks it's funny then they're doing the work of spreading who obvious shirts is and what we're all about for us we don't we don't pay for marketing we don't pay for digital ads we've never done that because word of mouth until the end of time, is going to be your best marketing tool. And I firmly believe in that. And so when players wear it and they get reactions out of fellow players or they get reactions out of fans or even if they're wearing it, you know, outside of the stadium and outside of their day job as baseball players, it still carries out the same reaction. And that's, that was the strength and the pillar that I built this company on.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, everything from Frank, the tank to, to Schwizdom. I mean, to things that, you know, you see everybody wanting to get a little piece of that because it, it's the thing that, you know, you, you sit back and I sit back and I look at your shirts and I go, duh, that, that I should have, I should have come up with that. You know, I mean, no slight to you, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying that that's the way my no. brain should work, you know?
1: Yeah. It's literally, I can't tell you how many times people said it's like the stupidest best idea at the <laughs> same time. Like it, your ideas are so stupid, but that's part of like the, I'm not going to call it brilliance. I don't consider myself brilliant by any means. I'm just a fan who likes baseball and likes camaraderie and building a community, but the basic elements of the shirt is kind of what makes it work and being so literal, especially in a world where, regardless of, you know, where you stand politically, there's a lot of information out there that's not accurate there's something to be said about being literal and being sarcastic and almost stating how obvious something is that <laughs> it's captivating. Um, and that's the lane that I'm, I'm staying
0: in. You mentioned conversations starting as a result of it, uh, be it good or bad. I mean, I was watching uh, with, uh, with interest on Twitter <laughs> with the St. Louis people with the the St. Louis is boring shirt that uh, you know, Chris Bryant says one thing and you know, the next thing you know, it's a, uh, it's a shirt it's, it's causing uh, riffs in the fan bases, but that's what it's there for, and it's supposed to be a fun rivalry. And I think you know Cubs Cardinals. Yeah, it's a heated rivalry, but I think each fan base respects each other enough to 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 kind of say that in uh, tongue and cheek.
1: Yeah, yeah, tongue and cheek is a big aspect of it. I I love the rivalry. I sincerely dislike the St. Louis Cardinals so much that I. <laughs> love the aggression that that shirt brings out and shout out to Chris Bryan for, you know, for saying that, um, you need that too. You need the, you need the good and the bad. You need things that, you know, like EZE, RIP EZE said, you know, there's no such thing as bad publicity. And like, that's very true. And so I, I try to stay in a very appropriate lane but I love kind of pushing the envelope on what's borderline uh taking something too far but the only time I'm going to do that is with Cardinal fans and the Cardinals because I I just dislike them and have so much disdain for them ever since I was five years old I just cannot stand them so yeah have fun with it good or bad doesn't matter gets people talking um the Cubs fans come full support with that and I I haven't had any. I haven't seen any Cardinals fans really hold their own against against that shirt. I mean, that shirt's undefeated.
0: Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to argue the fact that it is kind of a boring place. I've been there a few times myself, and you know, compared to Chicago, yeah, it is.
1: Yeah, the people there are lovely. Yeah, you know, they're nice like people. Nothing against the people of St. Louis. It's just it's called spade a spade. I mean. <laughs> The, the stadium's in, like, the center of everything that it has to offer, and then you walk five blocks east, and you're out of the city.
0: Yeah, good point. Good point.
1: And I, I don't know what else there is to do there.
0: When you're when you're watching games, and maybe you're watching something other than a Cubs game, and you see one of your shirts in the crowd, whether it be at a Cubs game or not, what does that do for you? What How do, how do you feel when you're seeing somebody taking the time to, I don't know, first of all, to buy your shirt, but then to, to wear it mm-hmm. at a game and have it visible on camera.
1: To be completely honest with you, the first couple of times I saw it, I thought it was the coolest thing. And then, um, and I'm, I'm super appreciative and you know, the, the, the wonderful people at marquee uh, do a great job of locking in on them. They're kind of easy to distinguish in a crowd, um, and kind of know that's an obvious shirt. And then you can simply go to Google and type the phrase and ours is the top hit because, the title of the shirt is the phrase on the shirt I it was really a cool moment I, re, I remember vividly it was 2016 um and the guy I was I, I only wore I pretty much wore the Jake Arrieta shirt pretty much every that was like my wardrobe for three months four months and it was the first good weather week it was the first like good weather I my my normal rule is I don't like to go to Cubs games unless there's Ivy on the wall I'm kind of call me soft in that regard but if the weather's Nobody likes sitting out in, in mid-late April or early April when it's, you know, 40 degrees and windy. So, like, the first nice weekend, I went to a Cubs game in 2016, and the guy next to me had, this, had my shirt on. And that was, like, a really cool moment. Um, we talked about, you know, just how the shirt came to be. But that – I quickly – I mean, I'm a very competitive person, um, have been competitive all my life and so I used I kind of used that as motivation to do more like it was very cool but then my thought process shifted to like let's keep doing this let's keep giving fans what they want it's nice to see it's great um, it doesn't get old seeing your i like your ideas and your shirts on tv that never gets old but it doesn't I don't relish in that um, because I'm too focused on what's next. Does that make sense? I know. It does it's, no. absolutely. I don't want it to sound like pompous or douchey of me. That's just literally how my brain works. It's a great moment. It was a very first, It was a very good first moment. Um. But I, it motivates me to do more.
0: You can't be satisfied if you have your first game in the big leagues and you hit uh, two home runs. What are you going to do for an encore? Right.
1: Exactly, and that's why, man. You're you're just hitting all the good points. Um, good on you. The reason why I think this works for me is because of what baseball taught me, like in life. And baseball teaches you about, you know, you fail seven out of 10 times. You're one of the top players in the league. Um, It teaches you adversity. It teaches you like that competitive nature. And, you know, there's always somebody coming for you. Like you're never don't ever get complacent. And the parallels to my baseball career and like running a business have been very similar similar, similar adversity things, similar traits, similar, like motivations, reason for getting out of bed, wanting to crush the day. Uh, but yeah, my desire is to always be better than I was yesterday. So like, that's, that's, I'm my my competitiveness is what literally keeps me going. Yeah.
0: And it's a game of adjustments and you see things and you have to adjust to, uh, you know, what your market <clears throat> is obviously. And what, uh, what might be the next trend or what might be the next thing.
1: Absolutely. You have to, and you have to. And that's why I love being in, in this community um, and being involved with the fans because the fans are so informed. Now the fans, you can get an understanding or even, you know, kind of like a vibe of what the fans want and what to look for. And, you know, you, you do a lot of testing with social media. Um, you see how people react to certain things, but This is like, this company is for Cubs fans. And I know the goal eventually is to roll out into other markets because other, other fan bases have, you know, wanted shirts for their players. And and that's going to be great, but this will always be a Chicago Cubs slash Chicago company first and foremost. And I'm, it's really important to me that people know that, but at the end of the day, this is for Cubs fans. And like, I want everybody to be proud when they wear an obvious shirt because Not only is that a representation of me and this company, but it should be a representation of that Cub fan. Um, You know, the cliche like wearing your heart on your sleeve. Well, like wear your opinions on your chest. Um, And if it means something to you, you're going to wear that with pride and you're going to engage in conversation. You're going to tell people about us or you're going to, you know, show off your fandom. And that's it's just all about the fans. Everything that I do is for is for baseball fans and Cub fans. So that's what. That's the joy that I get out of all this.
0: We'll have more of our conversation with Joe Johnson of Obvious Shirts in just a moment. The Andy Mazur Podcast is sponsored by Roots Pizza, part of the 50-50 group, with four locations throughout the city of Chicago, South Loop, Old Town, Lincoln Square, and the flagship restaurant in West Town. Roots features Quad City-style pizza with the ingredients on top of the cheese, and it's cut into strips. The crust is malted for that hint of sweetness with every bite. Don't forget to order the mozzarella steaks. They are simply life-changing. Roots is open for dine-in and carry-out. For the restaurant location near you, head to RootsPizza.com or download their app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Roots Pizza, take it from me. It's so good. The Andy Mazur Podcast. Now, back to Andy. When you open up a company... The, the obvious goal is to make some money, to be successful, to have a good time while you're doing it, to see the, the smiles on people's faces. But you're also a, a good neighbor. And, you know, I've tweeted this to you before. And, you know, we've lost some some tremendous people in my business uh, over, the last, uh, over the last year, including mm-hmm. Jeff Dickerson and Les Grobstein and just recently Moon Mullen. And, you know, one of my really good friends, Mark Silverman, went through a, a terrible situation with cancer and was able to beat it. And who's there for them to help them raise money but you? And I'm showing some of the the the, uh, mm-hmm. the shirts that you designed for that. And actually, uh, Sylvie's son Mason did, did the the one at the top in the in the middle uh, with Sylvie is strong. Yep. T- to me, that that kind of that kind of you know I talked about the players getting it, but to me that means to me that you get it because you can really do some good. And I think you really did a you you did a mm-hmm. great job with the JD situation and the, the money that you raised for for his son who's now orphaned uh, at 11 years old. I mean, that's the worst thing that you could ever think of. Uh, but you, you kind of went beyond that. And, you know, and uh, the shirt is phenomenal. And I think that all the stuff that you've done, and I'm showing uh, folks uh, the Lou Gehrig situation, the Team Mongo with uh, Stephen Michael, it, it it really it really tears at my heartstrings to know that, you know, there's somebody in that community and someone in that realm that that understands that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, thank you. Like, that is – that is that. When I said, like, the players and interacting with the players and, and chopping up business with them is, like, one that might be the most rewarding part. Um, this, by far, this is a different, this is a whole different emotion, a whole different feeling. This guy goes, this goes, like, deep with me. Um, and it's, like, this is the, this is more of the why, right? The The, the t-shirts are the vehicle to raise awareness, to do some cool designs. But the mission of Avia Shirts is to give back and to be a good community partner and a good community neighbor. Um, I didn't ever think I could come to this level of being able to provide to charities. And like, that's not, again, that was not, I'll be honest, that was not in the plan, but that has become such a huge aspect of why I love this job and why I love doing this. And more so it's taken it, it takes a lot of time to do this. Like we're a company of three people up until a year ago, it was just me and, and my girlfriend helped. We we have, we've hired incredible help that's allowed us the fortune because when, when you spend time doing a charity, which is a lot of work, especially when you sell thousands of shirts, it takes a lot of time, time away from the rest of the business. That is time that I will always, always happily sacrifice uh, the good of the company for the good of goodwill and giving back, especially, you know, guys like Sylvie, who I grew up listening to, you know, Steve McMichael, um, you know, my my father passed away, but that was his favorite Chicago bear. And like with JD, JD was my guy for everything bears. I would always go to JD to be like, if I heard rumors or rumblings, like go to JD, JD will, if it's true, JD will be talking about it. If it's not, then it's a rumor. But the connections with everything, it it means a lot to me. So that's why I wanted to give involved, get involved and give it my all because it it mattered. And I'm super, super blessed that I had a very good mom. Um, You know, I was raised by a single mom and she taught me like super early on to give back and how important that was. And, you know, the job I had before this, I made really good money and I was living on the 31st floor overlooking the Chicago river in downtown Chicago. Great money. Great, great life. Great, any great gig and all that. And what I learned from that is that I don't need that much money to make me personally happy. I don't need much. Like I don't, I have my mortgage, my car and you know, some time for me and grace my girlfriend to maybe go on a trip or two a year. Maybe. Other than that, I don't want, I don't want the money. I want to give away that any the proceeds that come in from the shirts like so yeah i'm talking in circles again but it's that's been by far the most rewarding part is you know understanding that i have now an an impact to do good and i'm going to do to the best of my ability try to do as good as i can with that time and money that i have because they need money more than I i do i just i'm not too worried about money anymore having had it and didn't, didn't really have, you know, the happiness that I have now. I have freedom and happiness now. I don't have as, nearly as much money as I had back then, but it doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is the creative, making Cub fans happy, and, you know, giving my time and money to places that are deserving of it. And all of those were very deserving of it.
0: Yeah, and like I said, I mean, uh, th- there are a lot of folks that will buy those shirts that know, uh, know those guys from being on the radio, and that's great. I mean, because that that means that they're doing the right thing; they're doing their jobs by kind of letting you in a little bit. You know, I I've traveled with these guys, you know, and I I got to know. I've done games with these guys. I've gotten to know their families, and and to see somebody else just that's, that's kind of outside of our little community of broadcasting mm-hmm. take such an interest and such a, a care it really, it hit me and it struck me so, so hard that I I said to my fiance, I said, we're buying all these shirts. We're going to buy two or three. We're going to buy them for our families. We're going to buy them for everybody because I don't care. I don't care if we even use the shirts. We just need, we, we got to buy the shirts and we did.
1: And thank you for that. And I think what you said is like that, that shows the power of sport. Like, Sports are powerful. Sports are, you call it an escape. You can call it a pastime, whatever. Sports, they matter, like, a, a lot to a lot of people, and I'm one of those people. Um, you know, when I was working downtown, I had a big void in my life because I wasn't involved, you know, for the first 18, you know, from ages 4 to 21, I was an athlete. And then, and then you go into the real world in corporate America, and then that consumes you. And I was really missing my passion for sports. You know, whether it's Cubs, Bears in the fall, Bulls in the winter, college throughout, whatever. But like with guys like JD and, and, you know, Sylvie, like you, you kind of become like, you feel like you become extended family because you're with them every day too. You're not physically with them, but you know, their story, you know, you know, they're, you you, you get to know them as a person and you can clearly see how they talk and, articulate and carry themselves like you feel like you know them really well and so when when I found out about Sylvie like I had to help when I found out about JD like the JD thing was I was like devastated yeah. when I found that out cuz I I think all of us found out like near the end and he and he did such a he did such an outstanding job of not only doing doing his like his job duties and doing it well but then it kind of felt like a bomb when we all found out and I just had to help. Like that's, I don't know, like I credit my mom because my mom was very good about that when I was a kid. And like, it just really stayed with me. So shout out, shout out to my mom. Cause she, she's the reason why I'm like super, I, I just feel really fortunate that, you know, she was my mom because I had a pit in my stomach and I had the only thing I can get make go is to help in any way I can.
0: All right, before we let you go, let's end it on a, a little bit more of an upbeat note here. Um, the store that you opened, and I'm going to flash up the uh, the address for folks that are, are in the area that uh, visit the corner of Clark and Grace, and I ride my bike past it all the time on the way to the ballpark, uh, what was the thought process in in going brick and mortar uh, rather than just keeping it online, and uh, how big of a risk uh, did you take?
1: Great question. Um, the brick and mortar was kind of just I had the fans in mind I didn't have of course it's a big risk like I have this whole thing has been a big risk like when I first did this I was very very I was in a bad spot leaving a very well-paying job to I have to go eat whatever I hunt that's how you like you only eat what you hunt so If I believe in it, like I've never been one to shy away from risks, uh, especially if you're confident in the ability. So the same thing with the store is I didn't know anything about retail. Holy crap. It's a lot more. It's again, a lot more than I ever thought with, you know, the building and the rent and then staffing it. And then having a new like system to monitor that side of the inventory and doing transfers like, Whoa. Uh, But I did it because the fans wanted it. I felt like fans wanted it. I felt like so many, so many of our, you know, customers wanting to get a specific shirt for a specific player, which we pride ourselves in, kind of offering as many shirts for Cubs players as possible. They want to, if they were coming to a game and Kyle and Kyle Hendricks is starting that night, um, they might make go on a whim decide I want I want a Kyle Hendricks shirt, and they can stop in and get it. So that was the reason why we took that like risk. I guess is because fans had asked us for years, and I just said, why not? Like, let's see how it goes. It's it exceeded expectations but it's, we're a small company We're three people, three, four people. Um, so it's a lot to take on and, uh, you know, spend our time wisely making sure that all the, you know, all of our bases are covered, no pun intended, but yeah, it's been, it's been good overall, but it's been a very, very big learning lesson.
0: Well, did good. that answer your question? It I'm certainly really did. No, no, it I'm certainly just... did. Yeah. I mean, Hey, listen, you know, it, it, it's good on you. I mean, I, I, there's there's too many people that uh, that come up with an idea and they're afraid to follow through on it because of all that risk and you know you didn't shy away from it and I love the analogy about sports because you know what certain people and I think I'm kind of wired the same way you need the you need the challenge you need the competition whether if, if, even if it's with your owners only with yourself you need it and it, it seems to me and not knowing you very well but you know just knowing about you and your story that. That's you to a T almost, and pardon that pun.
1: Yeah, no, that was a great pun, A-plus pun. Um, I think the reason why it it succeeds is because I do put 100% of my authentic self into it, and I'm very confident in my ability when I – in baseball, you know, like the one difference is when you play baseball and you go out there and guys throw 92 miles per hour, you can't control him. You can't control what he's going to throw or where he's going to throw it. You can only control the fact that either you hope you prepped right or guess right or put a good swing on it. In business, I can control my destiny, and so that—that that is what excited me. I—I I did have days of doubt. I did have days of like, "Is what am I doing? This was a bad decision." Especially in the 2017 uh, year when I just like quit and went full time. But yeah, I appreciate you making that like correlation you just have to have confidence in yourself. And I, and I do, and I'm very competitive and very driven. And it's now the customers and the fans that keep me motivated to keep getting better because it's easy to get complacent. And um, I have a long way to go until like, I would consider this a success. I don't consider this as success. I consider the, the amount of help and money raised, I consider that a success because I'm very, very proud of that. But in terms of individual goals, I don't consider it a success just yet. But we're we're on a we're on a good trajectory.
0: Well, as I let you go here, I just want to wish you the best. Uh, keep up the great work over there. Keep that keep that brain going because I, I'm fascinated every time I I see one of those new ideas that pop up on Twitter and one of those new ideas that pop up on a shirt in the stands.
1: Yeah, and Andy, thank you so much for. I mean, your persistency was incredible, and I'm sorry that it took this long it's to get us right. uh, to do this, but thank you for not giving up and understanding, and it was a pleasure talking and rambling with you and talking way too much, but I'm a passionate guy.
0: A big thanks to Joe Johnson of Obvious Shirts for joining me today on the podcast. Check out his website to buy a shirt or two at obviousshirts.com. I'll be back to wrap things up in just a moment. The Andy Master Podcast is sponsored by Roots Pizza, part of the 50-50 group with four locations throughout the city of Chicago, South Loop, Old Town, Lincoln Square, and the flagship restaurant in West town Roots features quad-city style pizza with the ingredients on top of the cheese, and it's cut into strips. The crust is malted for that hint of sweetness with every bite. Don't forget to order the mozzarella steaks. They are simply life-changing. Roots is open for dine-in and carry-out. And for the restaurant location near you, head to rootspizza.com or download their app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Roots Pizza, take it from me. It's so good. The Andy Mazur Podcast. Now here's Andy. That's going to do it for this edition of the Andy Mazur Podcast, sponsored by Roots Pizza. Head to rootspizza.com for more information. I'd like to thank Joe Johnson of Obvious Shirts once again for joining us today. Also, please hit that subscribe button wherever you're hearing this podcast so we know you're out there and enjoying what you're hearing. If you want to get in touch, head to our Facebook page, The Andy Mazer Podcast, and you can leave a comment right there. Also, we're on YouTube with clips and highlights of each episode of the podcast. That's it for this episode. Many thanks to The Big Urn, Ernie Skatton, the big voice man for his help as always. And again, thanks to Joe Johnson for joining me today. And mostly, thanks to you for listening. Until next time, it's Andy Mazer saying, play nice, kids. Take care. Andy Mazer. Hi, pal.